Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things by helping others and by making a big impact in our community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. I did some research, as I usually do in preparation for an upcoming show, and I came across a report that was done on the arts and economic prosperity. The study focuses solely on the economic impact of nonprofits, arts, and culture organizations, and event-related spending by their audiences. In it, Robert Lynch, who is the president and CEO of Americans for the Arts, says, Understanding and acknowledging the incredible economic impact of the nonprofit arts and culture organizations, we must always remember their fundamental value. They foster beauty, creativity, originality, and vitality. The arts inspire us, soothe us, they provoke us, involve us, and they connect us. But they also create jobs and contribute to the economy. In fact, the arts and culture are a significant industry in the state of Wisconsin, generating over $535 million in total economic activity. They support over 22,000 full-time equivalent jobs. They generate $479 million in household income to local residents, and they deliver $64 million in local and state government revenue. Now, even though these numbers are pre-pandemic, I think you'll all agree that the study sends a strong signal that when we support the arts, we not only enhance the quality of life, but we also invest in the state of Wisconsin's economic well-being. My first guest today is Patrick Rath, President and CEO of the United Performing Arts Fund, or UPAF. Welcome to the show today, Pat. Thank you, Jill. Glad to be here. We're happy to have you and learn a little bit more about UPATH. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with it, but they may glean some uh, additional information during this interview. Actually, UPATH has been setting the stage since 1967 by providing critical investment in our region's vibrant performing arts scene. And you proudly bear Charity Navigator's highest distinction for nonprofits, which is a four-star rating. And you're number one in the United Arts Fund in the country in terms of dollars raised. Quite an accomplishment. Congratulations on that. We're very proud of that. Thank you. And as well, you should be. So I understand that you have a background in the arts. So let's share a little bit about the path that brought you to being the president and the CEO of UPATH. Well, thank you, Jill. Again, thank you very much for hosting not only the United Performing Arts Fund, but all the wonderful nonprofits in our community. Uh, I am somebody who has benefited greatly from our nonprofit community here in the greater Milwaukee area. I grew up in Greendale, Wisconsin, and thanks to the programs that existed at that point in time, I was part of the Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee Youth Symphony Orchestra, then known as Music for Youth. So at the age of 10, gave me my first exposure to being in an ensemble, an orchestral ensemble. And from that point in time, it led me to so many great opportunities, including the opportunity to travel abroad. We went to Europe and when I was a sophomore in college and wow. through the Music for Youth program. And it just showed that through this connection, this cultural connection, it can make you be so much more than what you ever can experience or ex expect of yourself going forward. So uh, from that point on, I set my sights high. And uh, thankfully, I was able to receive a full scholarship to attend university because of my arts background. 
And from that point on, I've had a wonderful career within both the nonprofit sector and, of course, in the performing arts area. So I started off as a student, learned great things, ended up being um, a staff member with places like the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra and the Milwaukee Art Museum, and now today with the United Performing Arts Fund. And between those times, I've served on boards and been the board president also of the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra for a number of years. So I've seen the arts from a different, many different angles as a performer, as a student, as a patron, and as a volunteer. And now I'm glad to come back into a role that I value so greatly that is helping us really lift up the power and the importance of the performing arts in our greater community. Mm, well, you bring a lot of experience to the role, so for, that's for sure. Um, give us some history behind UPATH. You know, why was it started and how has it evolved since its inception? Well, as you mentioned, 1967. It goes back a long time ago. And the founders at that point in time, there was also another important moment in 1967, which was the creation of the Performing Arts Center in downtown Milwaukee, now known as the Marcus Center for the Performing Arts. It was a true community effort to say we needed a place to grow, quite frankly, these young arts organizations in our community at that time. Uh, many people don't recall, but at that point, the Chicago Symphony was the premier orchestra in the Milwaukee area, not the Milwaukee Symphony mm. Orchestra as it is today. Okay. And it was just starting out to grow at that point in time. At that moment, um, those forefathers said, we have an opportunity here to raise the level of opportunity and, and the match the experiences that we expect in terms of on stage with a performance hall that matches that. And with that, they said, we need to grow this long-term and sustain these great organizations. So UPATH became the primary funding source for all original organizations that were at the Performing Arts Center, which included six core organizations, such as the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, Bel Canto Chorus, the Milwaukee Youth Symphony Orchestra, or Music for Youth at that time, and the Florentine Opera. From that point in time, UPATH has continued to grow because of the funds raised through the community have been invested back into the performing arts in full. Hmm. These dollars are unrestricted funds, and it helps those organizations, just as you said before, provide such beauty and grace and grow for the benefit of the entire community. So where we stood at that point in time, back with five organizations, today we have 14 member organizations, and we have another 14 affiliate organizations as well that we fund on an annual basis. So uh, I find it interesting, all these these groups that are uh, involved with UPATH, you have something called the Cornerstone Group. Who does that all include? So our Cornerstone Groups reflect really the finest in the performing arts uh, spectrum in our community. So we have groups like the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, the Milwaukee Rep, First Stage Children's Theater, the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, Skylight Opera Theater, and of course Florentine Opera. Hmm. Those organizations are the backbone and offers the greatest breadth and depth of performing arts in our community. Hmm. Yeah, it's quite a list there. Um, UPATH obviously plays a critical role in sustaining our local performing arts organizations. What's your opinion on why it's so important to have a vibrant performing arts in, in our local community? Well, the important thing is it helps people come together and gather. We use the performing arts as a time to really celebrate those important moments and also find and express the values that make us very human. Uh, we don't have those outlets usually. Uh, and to do that with others who share that love and to connect that in so many ways is so very valuable and important. And the performing arts go beyond what you see on stage. They also have such community outreach and also what we do in the schools. Over two-thirds of the Milwaukee Public Schools have some level of arts activity because of the members of the United Performing Arts Fund. And this is a time when those performances and those activities in those schools just simply don't exist. So the fact that this is an outreach, this is an opportunity for more kids to see their own potential, just like I had that opportunity many years ago, it's a great value that we have. Hmm. 
Well, let's let's kind of camp on that impact idea for a little bit. How does UPATH bring greater impact to the community? You talked about the schools and certainly all the different groups that you're involved in, but talk to us about the greater impact in the in the community and maybe some community impact programs you have. Well, thank you, Jill. First, every gift that we receive, and we're very proud of that uh, four-star charity navigator rating that you mentioned before, uh, we're able to invest in those unrestricted funds that are so important to the lifeblood of every one of our member organizations. That helps them say we can go beyond the stage. And with that, we have additional programs that are restricted to do even more and to connect more people, especially those that are in marginalized communities and otherwise disadvantaged and don't have the same opportunities as many others do. So those three programs that are the sort of the pillar programs for the United Performing Arts Fund include UPATH Connect, which is an association that we have of 25 different nonprofits that serve those populations I was just talking about that are in some of our um, more challenged parts of our community. And again, where access is so near and dear that they're yearning for it, but they just can't, uh, they find barriers that that they can't connect and break through. So we're able to break through and serve those places like St. Anne's, uh, Neighborhood House, uh, other places like Next Door Foundation, Penfield Children's Center. These are all great areas that are serving such good in our community. And we bring a little more life and vitality to them by connecting them through the arts. Mm. We also have a great program called Bright Minds, which takes all of the wonderful work that we do from a performing arts setting and continues to grow the outreach and the quality of what we have for youth education. So in many cases, youth education started with just the basics, trying to understand what music might be or what acting skills might be. But it's moved to be much more than that. It's participatory. And it helps every one of our children in our community who have advantage and, and are able to access these programs express themselves fully and do it throughout the entire year. And it really helps them lift up their imagination and their insight and their self-esteem. And last but not least, we have a program called Casey's Fund. And Casey's Fund was started in this past year and was really meant to say we can uh, lift up those that face different disabilities. And they just don't have that same typical experience that many others do. So to have an opportunity when you might be um, facing the autistic spectrum and saying, how can I feel welcomed into a space like the performing arts, knowing that I'm not going to be judged or questioned, and to celebrate that with my family members is so very important. So we've been able to do that and to extend the experience now to so many others and it's that what we love about Casey's Fund it's a complete spectrum of opportunities it's not only for our youth serving activities but also our older adults who we're finding more and more are just don't have the vitality that they once did and connection or the ability to reach out and go to those performances they once loved so now these performances are built around them and coming to them. Mm. And we've interviewed a couple different organizations, nonprofit organizations that touch that population. And so it's it's exciting to know how everybody's connected in some way, right? We are all human and we all need that connection because again, the arts bring out something in each of us that just gives us that moment, that reflection, that really that almost that recall of maybe a very special time. So absolutely we want to have absolutely. as much of that as possible. Well you've had quite an impact, uh UPATH has. Uh what's in the future? for UPATH. We're going to take a quick break and talk about that when we return. Stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with UPATH President and CEO, Patrick Rath. So what do you see, Pat, in the future for UPATH? You know, you've made quite the impact in our community to date, but what ways do you think the organization will have an even greater impact on our community going forward? 
Well, the wonderful thing about the United Performing Arts Fund, it is about our community. We receive only private support. So it's good people who are saying, I'm going to send in $100, $300, whatever that might be, because they value what the performing arts means to them where they live. So as we look at this, we've been very focused on the Milwaukee community for our entire history. And I do believe as we go forward, we're going to see the opportunity to grow beyond the Milwaukee community. There's such a proliferation uh, of quality arts organizations, and you quoted that before in your early introduction. Uh, And each community deserves to have those arts organizations continue to evolve and to grow, just like we've been sharing about what it's meant in Milwaukee. So over time, we believe that not only the outreach and the expanded reach of the United Performing Arts uh, Fund will grow, what we will also see is greater collaboration and partnership with so many of those organizations. So they benefit as a symphony orchestra, learning from the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra. What are those best practices? How can we instill this? How can we have different partnerships so we can be doing things in the Washington County community or in the Fond du Lac or Sheboygan communities? That's the intent as we continue to look at the power and the impact of the arts. And because we're just asking the community to join us. And it's wonderful to see the, see the graciousness of so many people that give back for that purpose. I read something recently, too, which was interesting, that Wisconsin tops the list. It's not number one, but it's up there in terms of all throughout the state, having all these great organic or you know really small organizations that are contributing it to that sector, the arts and culture sector. And uh, I think it's great that you get, then are reaching out beyond the borders of Milwaukee so that everybody can tap into that. I think that's, that's wonderful. Um, it's no secret, obviously, that COVID-19 has greatly impacted your organization, UPATH, and the performing arts scene as a whole. In fact, the arts and culture sector were among the hardest hit in Wisconsin. And I think the number was something like over $23 million loss of earned revenue in the 2019-2020 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read that it may likely be the last sector to normalize, unfortunately. Um, What steps have been taken and what will be needed going forward to ensure a successful recovery from these challenging times? Well, thank you, Jill. Yes, that $23 million number is very daunting. That represents nearly half of the overall revenues that we have for our performing arts sector on an annual basis. So when you were faced with this time frame of March 2020 and everything closed at one time, we were all in the same boat at the same time. But thankfully, certain businesses have been able to come back sooner than others. But for the performing arts community in Milwaukee, our core business is to bring people into venues, to gather, to be shoulder to shoulder. That could not happen when we were masked, social distance, or even closed completely. So it really wasn't until the beginning of 2021 where we first started having in-person performances, but that was capped to maybe about a few hundred people at the most because, again, of safety concerns and protocols. Very appropriate at that point in time, but not good for a long-term business model. Mm. Our performing arts organizations, though, during that time frame also stood up many virtual activities, both in terms of performance as well as education activities. Uh, First Stage was one of the first to actually put forth, soon after the pandemic started, their ongoing educational activities through a virtual format. And usually with the performing arts community that we have and the member groups of UPAF reach about 90,000 kids on an annual basis through in-person activities. We've more than uh, exceeded that number in this pandemic era, which is something we did not believe we could do. But because of the virtual opportunities and making them unique in which we could really reach through the screen and inspire kids versus that one-way Zoom conversation that was just happening for school, 
uh, is really made such an impact. In fact, we've heard from, from many teachers and uh, different school districts that say the arts days are the number one day in terms of attendance when it was a virtual environment for so many kids. Mm. So uh, what, we're, what we're thankful for is to take some of those opportunities to learn from that. We are also encouraged that here we are in June of 2021, and many of those social distancing practices are starting to be lessened. So we can look at a time here very soon in which we can be in a theater venue full. I will say that each one of the performing arts venues have put in place all of the requirements from a air handling safety procedures. They have the latest MERV technology, which is really circulating the air every few minutes and filtrating the air so you can be completely safe at any point in time, which is good for flu, cold and flu season, regardless of our COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, but they've also taken to heart a lot of uh, contactless ticketing opportunities, much further utilization of technology. And then, of course, to make sure that uh, everybody feels safe and welcomed in that space. So we're very fortunate to say in Milwaukee, comparative to other parts of the country, that we have, uh, we're able to come back in full yet this fall for the performing arts community. In different parts of the country, that's not been the case. In fact, one in six organizations will not open and maybe not open ever mm. because of the pandemic, because they lost so much of that income during that time frame, those tickets that would have otherwise been spent for their performance activities. So why is that different here in Milwaukee versus other places? Well, it's because the United Performing Arts Fund. All that wonderful contributed support was that baseline of monthly dollars coming from UPATH to our member groups that can help them with cash flow and ensure they can keep their artists employed and prepare for the future. Without that, many of our organizations, too, would have faced the same fate that we're seeing across the country. Mm -hmm. But with, uh, with UPATH and with the good work that our member groups all did during this time frame, we have not, uh, we've, we've paused, it's been a long intermission, but we haven't lost a beat in terms of how we're going to come back and come back strong. And thankfully, there's been a great outpouring of support this year to continue to support our artists and our member groups in this community, and we can't thank our donors enough for everything they're doing right now. Well, I think everybody would agree that this whole pandemic past year and a half or so has been challenging, but I always say that if you look for the good or look for the positive, you can find it. And so you talk about all those people you've reached in the schools, the kids yes. that maybe you would not have looked to do something like that had we not gone through this situation. And, you know, I talk about how I learned how to Zoom. I never even knew that was such a thing before. Right. <laughs> now, you know, I would never have done it had we not gone through this situation. So, yes, it has been a challenge. Yes, it's impacted people. We never want to downplay that. And it's, it's not uh, a laughing matter with how it has impacted some people. Of but course. again, to look at the positive and to, to glean some, some positivity from the challenges is good. How can people then, you talk about how important it is for your donors, how can people get involved with UPATH and aid in your mission, maybe over and above from a donor perspective? Yes. So, again, any gift that is made is well stewarded. As you mentioned, the uh, four-star charity navigator rating, we take that to heart. We have a wonderful board of directors that goes and makes sure that every dollar we receive is being put to best use possible as we have a very extensive management review process for all of our members to ensure that they're putting in place the best practices. We know they already are, but it's that further test for them too and kind of raising the bar and always somewhat challenging them to say, how can we continue to be better and expand what we do? So we're very proud of the way in which they embrace that and continue to be the best examples of the performing arts anywhere in the country. 
So beyond that, we have great opportunities for service and volunteerism. Uh, we have several different committees, anything from our uh, what we call our cabinet, which is just people in our community who want to say, I love the arts. I want to make that connection to others who might join me in supporting the arts. It's a great way to get involved and to learn more about what happens behind the scenes, behind the curtain, as we like to say, mm-hmm. on what's happening with the performing arts. We also have different service opportunities as it relates to what we're building around our Next Generation uh, Committee, which Next Gen has always been formed to say there are individuals in this community who are just naturally leaders and they want to find more outlets to be leaders. And with that, we bring them in and we say, help us, again, bring the arts to the broader community, especially for those who are in their 20s and 30s and 40s who are going through different life changes. They may have experienced something in their youth. They're going through different stages in their life and they say, okay, the arts are now valuable to me because I either have young children or I'm just looking for an outlet. Sometimes you get away from the young young children because they need a <laughs> night out. So all those things are great opportunities and we're always looking for people who are interested in service. And the great way to connect with us is going to UPAF, which is upaf.org, and you'll find out great opportunities. Just put contact us if you want to be involved, either as a volunteer in any one of our service opportunities or as a donor, of course, as well. And so they can donate on that site as well. They There's can. We make it very right. make we, it easy. We make it very easy. <laughs> and we will work with you with whatever intentions and charitable gift plans you have. Okay, wonderful. Well, Pat, thank you for joining me today and sharing your uh, love of the arts and how you impact our community in that regard. Thanks for participating today. Thank you, Jill. You're welcome. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we return, we're going to talk with one of the theater groups that is part of UPAF's Cornerstone Groups. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest today is Betsy Corey, and she's the Managing Director at First Stage. Welcome to the show today, Betsy. I'm thrilled to be here, Jill. Thank you. You're welcome. Why don't we start out by having you tell us your background? You know, how did you get involved with theater? Yeah. Well, I was um, fortunate, I think, to grow up in New York City, as well as having a mom who felt very strongly about having her children um, involved with things that were in the arts. It was something that was meaningful for her when she was growing up. And so I did dance, and I sang in choral groups, and um, theater was a thing mostly I got involved with at school, and I loved it. Um, I think I loved the attention, but I also um, got involved with theater more deeply because I found a good high school job, which was ushering at Broadway theaters, which you could do in a very flexible way because they would call you and say, um, are you available to come and usher at the Vivian Beaumont at Lincoln Center on oh, this night? Goodness. And then I'd go, yes, yes. And it was better than babysitting. <laughs> and oh, my goodness. What, the, card. Oh, what an awesome job. Yeah, but one of the things that I realized was that I loved just being around sort of that backstage. And I actually got a job in the summer two years at the New York Shakespeare Festival in Central Park as an usher and doing some work backstage and with these amazing actors and directors. And it became clear to me in my 16 and 17-year-old head that I didn't think I would be that good. And so I think at a certain point, whether consciously or not, I went, I probably am not going to be an actor, but being in this world is something that 
makes me feel really good. Mm. And so, you know, many years later, I was very fortunate um, through school, through connections to come to Milwaukee and get connected to the Milwaukee Repertory Theater, which is kind of where I started my career Mm. in arts administration. Okay. Well, quite a story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a beginning, I should say. That's that's exciting. Tell us more about the story of First Stage. You know, when when was it created and what service does it provide the Milwaukee community? Well, that actually really connects to my sort of getting my first real um, job at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater in the mid 80s. And um, at that time, the rep was uh, in the Todd Ware Theater at the then Performing Arts Center, now the Marcus Performing Arts Center. Um, and I worked with a gentleman, Rob Goodman, who was um, what you called our, our production stage manager, and he had a, a master's in directing. But the rep was making plans, had been looking for a long time to find their own home, which they did as they moved to the now powerhouse theater where they have been for almost 35 years. But the Performing Arts Center Board of Directors and the their manager realized they had a 500-seat theater that they were used to having filled with audiences six nights a week and that they had to do something about that. And they realized that, you know, Milwaukee is a very family-oriented town. And um, one of the people involved with the PAC had worked with in Minneapolis at the Children's Theater Company in Minneapolis, which was a professional theater for young audiences. And he thought, I think that's the right kind of thing for Milwaukee. I think I think this is the right town for that. And so, you know, that's how they sort of started. And they reached out to Rob Goodman and said, Rob, we'd like you to start a professional children's theater. And Rob said, I don't know anything about <laughs> children's theater. And they said, well, that's one of the reasons we're asking, because what we want is someone who knows professional theater. Mm. And and because really what they were looking for was a very high-level theater whose audiences were families and young people. And so that's in 1987. That's how First Stage started. And Rob went around the country really looking at the other theaters that were professional theaters for young people. And one of the things he realized is that there were a few of those types of theaters that did what we call age-appropriate casting, where they had adult professional actors on stage, but where there were young people in the story, where there usually were, they had young people. And he saw that the young people in the audience so much more connected with the people on stage, that they would connect with adults on stage the way they connect with adults, usually in their lives, which we always joke, you know, half an ear and Mm -hmm. kind of paying attention to something else. But they would see a young person, somebody like themselves on stage, and they would connect immediately. Mm. And so Rob determined that first stage was going to do age-appropriate casting, where we have young people in the story, in the show, there would be young people playing those roles. And so that's really the the history of how First Stage got started and is one of the things that is um, unique to First Stage is mm. the age-appropriate casting. And, and this 35 years later, um, for us, it's, it's amazing mm. to see that we've grown this much. So would you say that, that um, bringing the kids into the productions is the way that First Stage would strengthen the connection with the community? You know, who are the people that you you serve? I yeah. mean, does it expand now that you brought children into the mix? Well, I think what having young people on stage did was really give us, you know, a focus on we are telling the stories of young people, right? And these are their stories. And so... 
That is really so much at the core of our mission, right, is transforming young people's lives through theater. And so the community that we serve is the young people. You know, we have in any given year 60,000 to 75,000 young people who come with their schools to see a production. And we might be the only arts experience they are ever going to have. So to make that meaningful, for them to really have a transformative experience of seeing themselves, somebody like themselves on stage. It also is our theater academy where we serve in a regular year uh, close to 2,000 young people from all over our community who are taking classes and and learning about theater, but are learning life skills through stage skills, right? Mm -hmm. And that's who we're who we're connecting with deeply, and then the work we do in schools. And we are serving generally close to 100 schools around our community. Um, Close to 70% of those actually are schools in the city of Milwaukee. It is really about reaching young people through the medium of theater and changing their lives, whether it's in a a little way or a big way, Mm -hmm, right? And... mm -hmm. um, and also working with organizations that are in neighborhoods that don't get a lot of art. So we are working in, you know, the northwest side of Milwaukee, the north side of Milwaukee, the south side of Milwaukee, in their schools, in community centers, with our programming. So we are just looking to reach young people wherever they are, really. So okay. that's yeah. So is that then what, what differentiates you or what makes First Stage so unique? It is something that differentiated us early on. I think we are the first organization that really put young people at the heart of everything that we do. I do think, as, as an arts organization, I mean, there are many organizations that have young people at the heart. But for us, um, that is really critical, and it is something that makes us unique. It does not mean that there aren't other arts groups or theater groups that don't do programming with young people, but it is not core to everything that their mission is about. And it is core to First Stage's mission. So that's who we serve. Okay. Do the students who study at the theater, do they need to be professional actors? No, absolutely not. Actually, it's, <laughs> it's, that's a great question, Jill. <laughs> the Theater Academy started a little bit um, uh, about five years after we started doing our productions. And it was something that we realized as we were putting young people on stage next to professional adult actors to tell this story that as great as many of them were, the our point was to make them as successful as they could be. And we thought, you know, having classes that give students the, the basics, right, of acting and then go beyond that. So that's how the Theater Academy started, except right away we had so many students coming who just wanted to take acting classes because they loved that or it was just a fun thing for them to do. And our motto really is life skills through stage skills. So it's not about churning out a lot of professional actors, though over the 30 years of the Theater Academy, we have many young people who have gone into successful acting or theater-related careers, but 90% of them do not go into those careers. They are going into something else. And builds other life it skills. It builds other life yeah. skills. You know, all of the things you, you know, in your work might see as as important, you know, teamwork, um, public speaking, mm-hmm. um, self-confidence, um, empathy for other people that you're working with and being able to improvise yeah. um, in situations. Those are, those are things they're learning, but they are really 
life skills that young people are going to use. Yeah, I'm thinking about the audience. You know, we were Mm -hmm. raised appreciating the arts. My mom and dad were big supporters of that experience, and we went to a number of local performances at the PAC and the Melody Mm -hmm. Top, if you remember that. Why do you think this whole theater experience is so powerful? And what happens when families have these experiences together? What we hear about from families so much is about the car conversations. This is a thing that is really, if they come to the theater together and they see a story, especially something where a young person is maybe at the center of that story, that it sparks conversation. It sparks, I've had so many parents say, I was never able to talk to my child about this and we see this story come to life on stage and all of a sudden you have a springboard for a conversation that you maybe were never able to have about about maybe about bullying maybe about just oh school is really tough and and for this reason maybe about i think about the plays we've done that were about historical things like slavery right mm-hmm. you know and these are not things that you normally would have a conversation with your family about but it sparks those conversations or when we did Matilda um, the whole story of Matilda and how a child was treated badly and stuff sparked all sorts of conversations with families we heard so much of that yeah well I think of Annie you yes. know that that could be single mm-hmm. parent households or adoption or an or, orphan how right? yeah so many mm-hmm. so many great opportunities yeah. to tell a story wow I mean again lots of interesting things that we're talking about but we have to take a break so we're going to take a break real quick and when we come back we're going to talk about long-term goals for first stage so stay tuned and we'll be right back thanks for tuning in this is EIG Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking in this segment with Betsy Corey, Managing Director at First Stage. So, Betsy, what's ahead? Long-term goals for First Stage. What does that look like? Well, um, I think you asked the question, Jill, about you know who we reach in the community. And I think um, we continue to really want to make sure that we are reaching young people in communities that don't get served as much as they should. And so I think we have really, especially in this year, doubled down on how are we building partnerships in communities and what are not first stage coming in saying, we want to do this in this community, but what do communities who don't have as many options for their young people need from first stage and how can we best serve? And that is really, I mean, it's always been a goal is about serving more young people with the transformative experience of theater, whether that's a class, whether that's just coming to see a show, whether that is First stage being able to be in schools in neighborhoods that are really, really not getting any arts programming, right? And so I think that is really, for us, very much a guiding mission for the long term is how do we help to guarantee success for more young people and make more opportunity available, whether, you know, it's through the arts, not for a job, but to get that experience, to learn those skills that 
other young people in other parts of the community have the opportunity. A needs assessment or mm-hmm. a needs analysis, and then instead of going out and saying, this is what we offer, you're going out and saying, what do you need? Exactly. Example, This during this year, we did this partnership with the Indian Community School, which was wonderful. That was telling a 15-minute story that is from Native stories and telling it with young people from those schools and then you know, broadcasting it through our virtual platforms and touching young people in a way they had never had that experience before. Mm. That's that's an example. Mm, that's so, wonderful. Well, is there anything that still surprises you about the work that you do? <laughs> Every day. I think one of the most amazing things for all of the years now that I've been involved with First Stage is how many people now come to me who are adults to say, I went to First Stage or... I remember going to first stage, or I did a play with first stage, and this is what it meant to me, or I took classes for two years, and I still have the first stage cheer. We have a a cheer we do at the beginning of every day at First Stage Theater Academy, and it's about leadership and taking risks and conquering your fears. And we have so many young people who I'll see who say, I still have that going through my head, like in difficult times. But I'm just amazed now we, because we're 35 years old. We have, we have people who are adults who have their own families who say, I remember what first stage meant to me, how we really did transform their life in some way through what we do. Mm. And didn't we just have that experience in the office today? We have our own beautiful Rachel Shaka who uh, came in to talk with you mm-hmm. and just shared how she was involved and how it impacted her life. And you had a moment there, didn't you? I, it was a very emotional, those are emotional <laughs> moments. And I told her, I think she got a little nervous. And she's uh. like, are you okay? And I went, I just, this is one of those things that happen. And it is when we say transforming lives through theater, you know, this, we don't have to be transforming lives like, oh, you turned my life upside down. But it is those things that then you think of that she was younger and it has stuck with her and it is something that was meaningful to her and had impact on her thinking about who she... Those are the things that I think constantly remind me. We have a program um, that we've been doing now for almost for nine years called the Next Steps Program that is for students on the autism spectrum. And it is our theater academy programming. And when we started it, we had no idea whether this was something that was going to have impact on young people. But we would do these one-week, two-week-long programs, and a young person would come into the program on Monday with their family saying they don't speak. So I don't know what you're going to be doing with them because they don't speak. And at the end of that week, they were saying a line and getting up in front of their friends and family to say something Mm. out loud. And then you see the families just in tears because they're seeing their child do something they never thought was possible. And that, again, is transforming lives through theater. And it happens in so many different ways. And so for us, that is the thing I am just shocked by you give a young person that opportunity, and you don't know how it's going to necessarily impact them, but they could be with their school and come into the theater, and they've never been in an art space before, and they see this play, and they see a young person who's nine years old on stage, and they're nine years old, doing something they never thought was possible, and they go, 
how did somebody like me do that? Mm. And so, you know, I think constantly reminding ourselves that we have that impact on young people wherever they are. This is first stage. This is a lot of things, right? And and that you take that seriously and you give it the best you can. It is another reason why when Rob Goodman started First Stage, it wasn't about, oh, it's young people, our audience, so it doesn't have to be the highest level. It has to be of the highest level and the highest caliber because it is young people and you want to inspire them and give that transformative experience to them. Because for a lot of the young people coming with their group group, that might be it. And that's why I love what I do, because I get to learn about all these great organizations that inform mm-hmm. uh, the our audience, and they inspire our audience, and they impact our audience. And, and again, we don't know who's listening on the other end to these, uh, either on the radio or once they become a podcast. But just to know that there are people out there that want to know, that need to know the impact that you're making. And I think it's it's wonderful, all the ways that you are making a difference. Um, I talked about the the devastating impact that the pandemic has had on Wisconsin in the first segment with with Pat from UPath. What lessons did you learn during this past year? Being a team, working together, um, being creative, right? Mm, Having certainly. the ability to be creative, to think differently, to be grateful for what it is that we were able to do, and that there are lots of different ways to do that, and. And to also just give everyone a little bit of grace in in doing their work and to find a little bit of joy every day. And that a lot of that came from watching the young people that we work with and what they were going through. I mean, in some ways, things were so difficult for them with schools not being in person and all of that. And so I think we all learned a lot from about being resilient, being creative. Well, all wonderful words, grace, yes. joy, yeah. blessing, resilience, you know, uh, creativity, all those things. That's yeah. all great, great stuff. Um, so, Betsy, help us uh, help the audience to understand how they can help. I, I so appreciate you asking that question. I mean, I don't want to sound, you know, that like money is is everything, right? Clearly, um, for first stage this year, because we had to change how we did things, we our budget changed significantly. I'm sure Patrick talked a bit, you know, about that. Um, so contributions, we really, the large part of our, our budget was contributed revenue that we were able to to get from very generous donors and from UPATH. I was huge. But I also would say, just through everything I've talked about here, thinking about how you might come as a family, coming back as a family, giving your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, that opportunity to do something like going to theater together, going to any arts experience together that gives you something, a new way to talk about things that you've maybe never done before. And and also it's a shared experience. It's not just about your kids going off and doing something there and you're going off and doing that, but having that shared experience. And so I I really want people as we come out of this to really focus on doing that and especially with the young people in their lives to just come back to things and give them those experiences. And, and if it's first stage, we will be very happy. Okay. <laughs> well, with that, if you could give us contact information, let us know how can people contact you if they want to help or volunteer or donate. Yeah, the best, our website, which is a brand new, we also worked on updating our website this year, so it's brand new as of last week, but um, our our website is www.firststageallogether.org. 
www.firststage.org. Um, I am in the office these days, and um, so I would love to hear from people. And my number is 414-267-2980. Okay. Well, thank you. I want to I wanna thank you and, and Patrick from UPATH uh, and Betsy Corey uh, from first stage. Uh, thank you both for contributing to the economic impact that the arts and culture sector bring to Milwaukee. And we also appreciate you bringing vibrancy to the city through your programs and your efforts to make the arts come alive for people. So thank you for participating with us. Thank you so much, Jill. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262 662- Six nine one thirty two hundred. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making wonderful opportunities available to people in Milwaukee and the surrounding counties. Visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, and you can also now listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. So think about how you can support the arts in our community by attending some of the upcoming programs with UPATH and or First Stage. Or maybe consider purchasing season tickets or giving tickets as a gift to someone. That's a great way to give a blessing. So thank you for listening today and go out and make it a great day.